Hello and welcome to the Tightwad Teacher Podcast, brought to you by Element Opie Productions, elementopie.com. And now, here are your hosts, John Mikulski and Brian Bruger. Hello everybody, welcome to the show. This is episode 23, So You Want to Podcast, for December 13th, 2011. Today's show is actually kind of an interesting show because we're going to do things a little bit differently. Rather than having a guest, you're stuck with just me and Brian today um, talking about something that we both obviously like, right, Brian? Um, a bit. I mean, I suppose we, we deal with it as much as we can. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, by <laughs> by default, um, we seem to now have a lot of experience with podcasting and doing the podcast on our own and also with us having some experience with it in our classroom. We thought that it might be a good idea to forego having a guest this show and instead talk a little bit about not only what podcasting is but how to do it and then more importantly the benefits of it in the classroom absolutely i think um uh it's an easy thing to say and it's a term that maybe you and i you know podcasting and you know what we're doing you know i guess comes easy to us if you will or is at least familiar with it and i'm not sure that that's the case for all of our guests so uh we'll get into that a little bit and um talk about uh, what we do and, you know, for us specifically, but also how that they can get started and um, some directions to to go and how to use it as well as how to do it. Um, I got to share a quick story with you, Brian. See, every once in a while, some of the episodes we, we record, I do it from my classroom after hours, after the, the kids leave. And I always stick a sign up on my door that it says, um, usually I'll, I'll do like conference in progress or phone call in progress. And that way the cleaning lady at night knows not to come in and, and interrupt. Absolutely. And she's the nicest lady. Um, she really is. I don't know uh, if this is true in, in your school too, Brian, but I was always told that the most important people in the building are the secretaries and the cleaning staff. And that is completely true because if you get on either of their bad sides, you're sunk. You're going to have the worst year ever. I, absolutely. Just quit <laughs> Just quit and walk out the door with your head hang, hung in shame. You, you got done. it. <laughs> don't try to impress the principal, new teachers. You go and impress the cleaning staff because they're going to make your life um, very, very pleasant or very, very miserable. But anyway, so um, I have a pretty good relationship with my cleaning lady and, and lots of times I'm there late anyway doing work. So she'll come in and we'll chat for a while. And the next day, uh, w- one of these days when we, we podcasted from there, the next day she came in and she said, oh, I saw your note on the door. I hope I wasn't too loud in the hallway. And I said, no, no, not at all. And she said, oh, well, you know, were you talking to a parent? And I said, no, actually, I was doing a podcast. And she looked at me like I started speaking another language. She had no <laughs> idea what I was talking about. And, and I, on the spot, I wasn't sure even how to explain that to her. So I said, well, it's kind of like a radio show, but it's on the computer. And she said, oh, well, what station? And I thought, never mind. I'm not going to get into this right now. It, it's, I've already been at school for like eight hours. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> but I, it's actually a good point for us to start this podcast with because it's amazing how the idea of a podcast has been around for a decade now and there's still people who don't totally understand what a podcast is and that's why we really need to focus on that today because there's some great educational benefits for it that teachers um, will, will find are a lot easier to take advantage of than they may first think. Sure, sure. So I say we jump right in it with by defining that word podcast. What is a podcast? Oh, good question. Well, First of all, the misconception with it is that a podcast is something where you need what, Brian? Um, an iPod, maybe? Which is completely incorrect. A podcast is really just some form of audio that's on the internet, and the casting part is 
uh, basically where something, uh, a website, sometimes iTunes or there's other kinds of podcasters that send out that audio file to people. So it's essentially listening to an audio file on the internet. You do not need an iPod. You don't even need an MP3 player. You can do it right from your computer. So that's the first big misconception that teachers have is they'll say, well, I don't have any kids who have iPods or I'm in a low income area and we don't have those available to us. Well, you don't need them. I mean, I've seen teachers who have basically, quote unquote, done podcasting, but they actually do it right in their room and they can burn it right to a CD. You can play it right in a CD player. So that's the first big misconception that people have with a podcast. Yeah, I, I actually um, decided to to venture over to our friend uh, Wikipedia and and look at the definition as they define podcast so just for a moment uh humor me here while i i read this this definition it says a podcast or non-streamed web webcast is a series of digital media files they can be audio or video that are re- released in an episode format and often downloaded through some web syndication and there's a few big words in there and you know web syndication what does that mean that basically means that you can subscribe to it just like you would a magazine or, um, you know, a periodical or, or you know, any, you know, subscription type format where you're subscribing so that you can, whenever the next um, episode has been released, you will automatically get it. One way to do that would be through iTunes. Another way to do that would be through just a simple RSS um, or real simple syndication feed and there's many others, and oftentimes they come in audio players similar to iTunes or Real Player or even Winamp is still around. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of those perhaps lesser known media players in Windows Media Player, so on and so forth. Right. The official definition of those, I think, are pod catchers because they're catching the podcast. Do you like that? Very nice. Well, and, uh, <laughs> and I just want to point out, whatever you're listening to us on right now, whether it is an iPod or another MP3 player or maybe even a computer, if it's a small device and you're like a library specialist right now, you probably just threw that across the room or put your hand through the uh, the computer monitor when you heard Brian quoting, uh, taking information, citing Wikipedia <laughs> as a source. You know you're not supposed to do that, right, Brian? You know, you know I, I have heard that, but my philosophy is um, – if you can verify that that kind of information is correct, um, I think Wikipedia is a great starting point to kind of uh, wet your feet, if you will. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm just messing with you. I agree. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. You know, the, <laughs> people, I, I was just being a jerk. That's all that was. No. <laughs> well, I could, I've got a few stories. Um, <laughs> in one of my previous schools, the, um, the unnamed uh, librarian very much, you know, prided himself in his own searchable, you know, list of periodicals and, and resources. And um, he literally had a personal vendetta, I suppose, against um, Google, um, <laughs> against Wikipedia and, you know, all things like that. And instead, he wanted people to use, um, you know, his list of resources, which was done on a web page. You know how you can scroll down through the page or whatever? Oh, yeah. On a good size monitor, it was about 16 
pages worth of scrolled text <laughs> in tiny little format. So not real user-friendly then. No, but he couldn't understand why people went to Google instead. Right, right. I noticed something fairly recently, uh, not too long ago, Steve Jobs passed away, right? And uh, the first thing I thought of when when I heard of his passing was, well, I wonder if Wikipedia is updated already. And I took a look, and the time that it took between the official timestamp on like the AP official release, Associated Press release, that, that he had passed away, and the time that it took for Wikipedia to be updated was like less than two minutes. That's how long the, the time had elapsed when I, you know, from the time that I thought of it to, to actually check. That's pretty darn accurate, if you ask me. I mean, that's that's absolutely. And again, I wouldn't go there and say, you know, perhaps use that, um, you know, like I just did and quote it as gospel truth, if you will. But it definitely, um, I think, and especially on certain things um, that are easily crowdsourced, um, you know, dates and times and and whatnot, you can get a lot of, you know, a really good start, if you will. And then some of that information may need to be verified from more credible sources. But for the most part, the crowdsourcing of getting that type of information um, seems to work well. There are times, however, though, when things are less than accurate. I know, a real quick story, because we're totally off, off track with podcasting, but long story short, I convinced all my students one year that there's this old man in the state capitol in New York who creates all their state assessments. And he's like 80 years old and he hates kids. And that's why he makes these mean, hard tests. So (laughs) in my kids, his name is Abner Radley. Um, I imagine if you Google him, he actually comes up. I believe he has a Facebook page. I don't know how that happened. Um, He had a MySpace a couple years ago. But basically, my idea was that if the kids have like one central entity that they hate, it'll be something to like focus all their aggression on when they're taking the test. And um, he may have shown up as a notable alumni from the University of Albany on Wikipedia, and they haven't changed it yet. So, um, <laughs> again, I don't know how it got there, but uh, yeah. I believe if you if you check Abner Radley is um is credited. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> exactly. So, all right. Well, we are totally out the subject. So let's get back into podcasting. So uh, we have a expert definition from Wikipedia. And why don't we start off talking just a little bit about, we're going to do it in three stages. We're going to start off for the teachers who kind of want to get their feet wet and just see what it is and just experiment and then go up from there. So why don't we start with like the beginners, the basics of uh, how you podcast? Essentially, I mean, I'm I'm going to go real, real basic. And that is we need to record either audio, video, or audio. Hopefully both. If you're doing video, you're including the audio unless you want to do the, you know, Abbott and Costello, you know, version or (laughs) um, uh, something like that. But you're going to record the audio and video. And then ultimately that audio and or video is going to be sent up to um, a server where other people can then download it or certain resources such as iTunes or other um um, feed burner or you know whatever you're using to distribute the podcast will then link to it so it can be downloaded appropriately. So step one is to record your audio and or video. And I think we're going to focus kind of more on the audio part primarily because it's a little bit more simple. It's a little bit easier. Um, it's also what we're doing in this podcast. Obviously, if you're listening you know this is an audio podcast. So let's start talking, um, you know, maybe a little bit of Windows and Mac and how do we download that kind of stuff. 
90% of people who are podcasting or even recording audio kind of on an amateur basis use the same thing. It's a freebie. It's called Audacity. And uh, we'll put the it in the show notes, but it's just audacity.sourceforge.net. And it has all the features that you could possibly want to be doing podcasting at home and then some. Uh, it's not very... Uh, intimidating. It, it's fairly straightforward. I know I use it with seventh grade students and they figure it out with very, very little um, help. So teachers should be able to figure it out too. But it, it's cross-flat platform. So it works on Windows, Mac, and Linux if anyone's using Linux. And um, you can download it right from that, that site. So that's the first step to getting the software to be able to, to record. Yeah. And I think Audacity, I mean, in, in terms of how well it is um, distributed throughout the, the the internet and it's out there, um, if you needed some help with how to use it or some basics, you know, what do I do? It's definitely a, a piece of software that is easily Googled, if you will, in terms of finding some good resources and how to's and uh, information on on what to do and how to get going with it. Oh yeah, the, huge community support for that one. And um, the other, the only thing that I've always thought was a little more techy than maybe it should be. And at this point, with the number of upgrades they've made to the Audacity software, I kind of thought this should be added in. But the only uh, caveat that you need to remember is that when you download Audacity, it'll work and it'll function just fine. But when you go to save it as an MP3, which is the standard file type for for any kind of audio nowadays online. It's missing a component, and it has to do with it being open source, and not an MP3 is actually a proprietary format. So um, the open source software, that's Audacity, can't include it with that package. So you have to download something called LAME, L-A-M-E, which I believe, do you know what it stands for, Brian? Um, I actually don't remember right offhand. I figured you were frantically Wikipediaing right now. No, um, uh, I've given up. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe um, lame stands for lame ain't an MP3 encoder, which is actually exactly what it is. It just takes your file and it turns it into an MP3. Um, so all this sounds very, very tricky. But when you go to the Audacity website to download it, there'll be a link to download this lame file. And it's just a self-running EXE file. So you download it, you click on it. And the screen flashes real quick, and then it's installed, and you won't have any problems. So nine times out of ten, when I do have teachers or friends or colleagues that are using podcasting, and they try to do this on their own, they call me and say, oh, it won't save. And I'll say, download lame, and they do it, and it's fine. So that's just the one little thing that people forget when they're using Audacity if they want to save it as that MP3 file type. Sure. And while technically, I suppose, we could say, you know, if we're going to move over to the Mac platform, we could technically say that GarageBand... Um, is not a free application, but it does come with every Mac that you purchase. So, you know, on one hand, it's, it isn't free. However, on the other hand, um, it comes with the Mac. So if you're a Mac user, you'll have some version of GarageBand on that machine. And so on the Mac, you have the option of using something like Audacity, um, but there's also the option of using GarageBand, which is a great, um, simple little podcast. And it is actually um, in my weekend uh, moonlighting job of working at our uh, church. I actually take the audio from the Sunday services, and I'm in charge of posting. So I do a little bit of editing in GarageBand and then post that podcast information um, and audio up through um, using that Apple tool um, with my machine. So GarageBand, in addition to Audacity on the Mac side, is definitely another option when we get into the intermediate and advanced features of recording 
over Skype and some things like that, um, you have to add a few different components um, into the mix with that particular piece of software. But if you're just in your classroom and you would want to sit down and just record something simply and even have it a few different tracks so you could have maybe some music underneath of it and some things like that, um, GarageBand is absolutely a, a, a great choice. It has lots of resources on the web and little tutorials and things like that. And even some stuff from the Apple website where they'll show you, you know, how to use the current version. So that's another great beginner um, piece of software and way to start if you're using a, a Mac. So now, after you have the software to record, Brian, I don't know what you, what your history is with podcasting, what you're using, but in terms of uh, the actual hardware, what kind of stuff do you, do teachers need, in your opinion, to do a, a decent podcast? You need two things. Nope, three things. You need a computer. <laughs> okay, that's the obvious one, I suppose. Okay. That was one. <laughs> Say, so if you're listening to this on a computer, you're already halfway there. There you go, there you go. Or you just need access to a computer. It doesn't even have to be yours. Um, and then you need a way to record, which is um, using a microphone. So you'll need some sort of a microphone to plug into the computer. And then... Um, also, pre- preferably, some type of um, speakers so that you can hear what's going on. And we're going to specify that headphones are a good option for you. Why would we specify something like that, John? Well, this is what I found with, with podcasting, and especially if you're doing multi-track, you talked about with like GarageBand, you can add music underneath both GarageBand and Audacity allow you to record multiple tracks. So this works really well if you have, say, kids who in school who you want them to record pieces of a poem, let's say. You can have each kid reciting different lines and then put it all together on different tracks. However, the problem is that a software like Audacity will actually play back while you're recording. So headphones work really well to keep that bleed out so that you don't hear you don't hear the audio being played back while you're recording a new track. So headphones help keep all that separate. Yeah, and as a um, another moonlighting thing that I like to do is um, I play drums and play in bands and things like that. So I have a little bit of experience with microphones and, and how that, that all works. The biggest issue you have is feedback. And feedback comes from the sound going out of the speaker and then back into the microphone that actually was picking up that sound and then out of the speaker and back into the microphone. And it just has this perpetual loop. And that loop is where you get the high pitched, um, uh, sound that comes back and that's called feedback. And it happens at a particular frequency. So while you're podcasting, if the sound that you're producing is going into the microphone and being picked up and then it's coming back out of the speakers and then going right back into the microphone, then you're going to have um, the potential for feedback and obviously the sound quality of what you're what you're listening to um, will be in jeopardy. So one of the things um, that I like to do is you know even you know a small pair of headphones. Um, make sure that your microphone is not pointed towards the speakers, so it's not um, so it's not actually um, showing up here in you know where you've got your microphone at the speakers and and everything's ha- has the potential for conflict if you will so you kind of want to separate those things and you know turn the volume down or 
use a set of headphones so that you um, you don't have that possibility. So I guess going in now to our next step, that's all basic information on podcasting. Um, and we'll talk a little bit at the end about what you can actually do once you figure out how to do all this. But leading into kind of our intermediate phase of how to podcast, I want to say it's very, very easy to make a mediocre podcast. And dear God, I hope no one's nodding right now thinking, yep, they're doing it right now. But <laughs> I know I just I totally real, I realized there's not even anyone in the room with me. And I know I just set myself up for a dig, but. It's easy to kind of do a very, very simple one, and you don't even need necessarily a microphone that's like external. You can use a microphone that's built right into uh, the computer monitor, and those aren't usually very good, but it'll get the job done. If you want to do is a quick down and dirty recording, but the next phase now takes it up a notch, and it gets it a little bit more to that point where they're they're not only just practical, but it, it's actually enjoyable, and there's a little bit more quality to it. So we're going to talk a little bit about the intermediate level of podcasting, and for me. You still use the same software. I'm going to use Audacity throughout this whole thing. But the big difference when I'm talking about doing podcasting now at, at a higher level with my students, instead of just having that one microphone and maybe having a group of kids who are, are gathered around it and they're all talking and taking turns, instead now I'm going to use different microphones. I'm going to use an external mixer, which you can buy. You can purchase fairly, fairly cheaply um, through like Musician's Friend or any kind of music store in your area. And what that will actually allow you to do is have multiple uh, microphones and have each person with a different microphone. So when you have that one student that's a little louder than someone else, you can adjust the, the mixer so that everyone's voice is even. And it just makes the, the quality a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. And and with these new mixers out there, um, and with you know recording directly into a computer and, and doing things like that, you've got a whole series of, of options. One of the things that I've noticed that I you know questions I get a lot is what type of microphone do you use, or um, what type of microphone should I go out and buy? And while I'm a spender and I love to spend money on technology and things like that, it <laughs> yeah. It, and if you don't believe me, um, let me send you my wife's contact information. Ask her; she will vouch <laughs> for me being a spend. Yep. Um, and and of course, none of my hobbies are inexpensive hobbies. So you know, the difference between men and boys is the price of their toys. That you got that, it. Uh, you that got applies it. to me. So when you're looking at a microphone, um, initially what I would recommend if you're going to be recording to a computer is to buy a USB microphone. What that does is that kind of eliminates the the middleman in terms of connections and cabling and things like that. Um, as far as you know, picking out your your favorite microphone or what you want to use. Um, we, that USB microphone will will help kind of smooth the process and, and and get things get things rolling. When you add the external mixer in, most mixers don't receive a USB signal. No. So as you as you boost up, if you will, in the the price range and the complexity of the situation, what you're doing is you're taking you know, say five different microphones, and those would typically be connected via XLR connections. Those are the little three-prong connectors that um, that you'll see, you know, in most sound systems and things like that. And those five microphones would then connect into the soundboard, and then some soundboards actually have a recording um, apparatus right in them, so you could record directly onto the soundboard. But most of the time, 
that soundboard would then be outputting the the information or the audio track to a computer where it's actually being recorded. And a lot of this stuff sounds kind of intimidating, especially if you're still hanging back in that beginner mode of, well, let's just get sound on the, the computer. But all this stuff is fairly straightforward, and there's specific units uh, that are made specifically for podcasting. For example, I believe right now Brian and I are both on the same type of microphone. It's a USB mic, and it's called a snowball mic, and it was made for podcasting. So if all this stuff is going over your head right now, you just Google podcast microphone, and it'll come up with options for you. And the bottom line is whether you choose to do uh, uh, one that plugs in by USB or one that plugs in right through the microphone jack on the front of your machine, the bottom line is they're going to sound way better than that little microphone hole that's at the top of your monitor. So stick, keep that in mind when you're deciding not only how to podcast, but what you're planning on doing with it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you can make a decent microphone sound um, really nice just by making sure that you you want to speak into the microphone but you don't necessarily want to um, breathe into the microphone. So, right. So sometimes, as much as I would tell a singer on a stage to make sure that they're singing directly into the microphone, um, your volume and, and that kind of issue is totally different than just a normal speaking voice. And so I tend to speak across the microphone a little bit in an effort to keep my P's from popping Right. And <laughs> that's going to be a lot of fun to edit. Thanks a lot for that one. <laughs> well, and you know, the other part to this too, because we are the tightwads here, it's not all that expensive to set up a good solid podcasting station for your classroom, because this is the kind of thing that you could really incorporate into any content area and throughout the year, not just as like a one shot project. What I did, I actually went through, and, and I don't know if you know the, the backstory of this, Brian, but before I was the a host on this show, I was a guest on the Tightwad Tech podcast, and actually a lot of the stuff we talked about was podcasting and my experience with the podcasting. And um, I had I kind of looked into it before that show, and I actually written on my my personal blog about it. I went through and I added up the amount, the cost it it, it cost me for my podcasting rig in my classroom and for the mixer and the microphones and the stands and everything else that you could need to have a good like four I think mine is four people to have four students simultaneously recording it was under two hundred dollars so sure that's that's a lot of money but in my mind what I see it as is this is a great way to incorporate technology into virtually any kind of lesson and any kind of curriculum and have it be really meaningful and, and effective for the kids. So that's kind of where we're at in terms of of our intermediate level. That's what we're talking about here, as far as the as far as cost goes. Sure. And as as a former teacher, the the perspective I'm coming from is for that two hundred dollars, not just this year, but including next year and the years to come. Oh yeah. You have given the opportunity for your parents to engage in your classroom. Now, it might not be live, but they really can get a sense of what is actually happening in the classroom, and that's a really powerful tool for them to feel connected. Yeah, absolutely. So um, how much money do you think we could spend on, oh, man. A, on a podcasting rig? Oh, there's all kinds of really cool things you can you can buy, but uh, let, let's, let's stick low here, Brian. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we could endorse some things, and I don't know, maybe they'll finally catch wind of, of our podcast and, and start 
giving us things. But yeah, everyone go out and buy uh, Pro Tools and uh, Cakewalk and uh, what other big things can we tell them to buy, Brian? Yeah, Logic is yeah. a great um, <laughs> software um, piece. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of great, you know, cool, you know, cool pieces of software and you know, expensive microphones and things like that. I think it's actually easy, and it depends, you know, on the microphone that you're looking at and whatnot. I haven't looked at USB microphones recently because, you know, I've had this snowball for for a few years, and it's it's been pretty effective. Yeah, and they're um, like what, like eighty bucks or something. Um, I actually looked at one just today when I was um, at the Apple Store picking up some merchandise for our school, and it was listed at ninety nine dollars. Oh, okay, they've gone up. Um, that being said, the you know I know that you can get a decent microphone, you know as low as fifty dollars, and that's not just the the cheapest. Get me anything that'll get me started. That's something that's going to produce some decent quality, and um, and still be able to um, to not totally break your bank all at once. Right, right. So. Let's move on to our, our last stage of podcasting. So now that we've come this far, let's talk about the advanced, the big stuff that you could do with podcasting if you've really gotten comfortable with Audacity and with external mics and, and recording and the setup and all that. Let's talk about what you can do now. For, for starters, um, you're going to want to start engaging people beyond your physical classroom. Uh, that's true. And so um, a common tool for doing this would be Skype. Well, I, I know I can't remember if it was episode 18 or 19, but one of my tech tips for one of our previous shows was uh, a piece of software that I found online. I think it was just called Skype Recorder. And yep. it, it's as simple as you, you load the program after you've loaded Skype. And as soon as you place a call, it records it. And it's very, very simple. So um, to do kind of a back and forth like what you and I are doing right now, Brian, that's all it would take. Uh, the other one that I use that seems to work really well is um, an open source one. It's always free. It does have a few bugs, but it, it's a freebie called um, Skype Call Recorder. And that's actually what we're using today. And this one's pretty cool because what it allows you to do when it records is instead of mixing both my voice and Brian's voice together, what it actually does is it puts me on the left track and Brian on the right track. So when I go to play this back to listen, initially, I'm going to only hear myself in one ear and Brian in the other ear. But because of Audacity and some of the features that Audacity has, when I put it into Audacity, I can make the left and the right track now mono, so they're both center in both ears. And that way now what that essentially lets me do is edit each track separately. So I, I don't know if it's happened at all in this podcast yet, but um, I have little kids who are running around my house right now. My kids are home. Say Brian's talking about something and one of my kids is standing outside the door kicking and screaming. What I can do now because of the Skype call recorder software is I can now basically mute myself during that part using audacity i can silence all the noise of my kids in the background while brian's talking and that finished product no one will ever know the difference for it so that's a pretty basic way that you can use skype to record a conversation back and forth sure and what i'm actually doing um i've had a little bit of a cold lately and been coughing on occasions and so you know while you're speaking if i you know have this urge where i need to cough right away I've got a few options. One, you know, put my hands over the microphone and try to do it real quiet or, you know, throw a shirt over the microphone and hope it doesn't bleed through. Or I just go to my Skype call and happen to mute my microphone, cough, and then turn that microphone back on. And, um, and so there's actually ways for the user 
to help you know control some of that sound stuff. You mentioned you know the the Skype call recorder and in in researching how to record some of our calls and you know perhaps wanting to do dual recording just to make sure that we've got things taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned earlier with GarageBand that you kind of need a couple other add-ons, if you will, if you wanted to record and start doing some of the more advanced stuff. So just just for mentioning so that people can um, can can research and kind of see what's going on. Um, if you can, if you Google something at like Skype GarageBand podcast tutorial, you'll see an, a number of different resources there. And most of the people that are talking about um, how to record specifically with GarageBand software and doing Skype and things like that recommend two different products. Um, one is called Soundflower, and the other one is called Audio Hijack Pro. Now, these aren't, um, one of them is and the other one is not uh, a free solution, but they're under $20 solutions. And so they're, they're pretty inexpensive, um, in terms of all you would need is Skype, which is free, the computer, um, GarageBand, which comes with the Mac, a microphone, and then the software, which is under $20. So it, we're still talking, even to be able to do in a more advanced podcast, we're still talking very low um, investment dollars. Sure, and that's investment that you it carries through from year to year. It doesn't matter. You can use it as much as you want with every group of kids you have. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it is a little bit easier if you're dealing with, you know, kids in the classroom. But, you know, we're going to want to start to venture out and perhaps interview somebody or record um, our kids interacting with, with others, you know, around the world. And the Skype method is a, is a, great, uh, is a great tool. Sure, sure. Um, so the last thing that I just want to mention before we move on to talking about how we actually use podcasts or what we use them for is I've actually found Audacity to be a, a great tool not only for when I'm doing podcasts but also when I'm making videos. Now I have a flip cam in my, my classroom and I use it quite a bit with the kids and sometimes I'll spend all day recording little snippets of the kids either reciting something or um, having discussions or whatever the case may be and I'll notice that different uh, clips, the volumes are different or the quality is a little different or, or whatever the case. And what I've actually found is that something like Audacity works very, very well with making the quality of the audio in a video sound better because what you can do is you can use a, a free conversion tool. The one my favorite is called Format Factory. Uh, and I think it's it's a weird address. It's like formatoz.com or something. I'll, I'll find it and put it in the show notes. But um, you can take uh, a video file and plug it into this format factory and have it push out an MP3. And then that MP3 can go in to Audacity and then you can change the volumes and you can do some editing and you can do some kind of sound correction with that and then plug it back in, whether you're using something like iMovie or Movie Maker or whatever the case, you can then plug that back in almost as a soundtrack. So it still lines up real nice with the video, but the quality is better. So that's just almost like a little hidden hidden use. That's I guess that would be my my teacher tip for today, if this whole show wasn't already a teacher tip. But uh, that, that, that's another way that I use Audacity is to actually improve the quality of video, uh, the audio on a video. Absolutely. And so. I'm going to I'm gonna challenge you here and say, you know, we've talked about this techie stuff. And, you know, that's really my forte. I really love the, the technology side of these things. Um, so the purpose is where it really, really matters. So we've recorded our first 
you know, podcast. We said a few things. Um, we're wanting to do something with this. Um, now what? Now what do we do? You know, how do we get it out of here? Well, first, so I guess what you're saying is if you're not looking to make like an, an audio manifesto, you want people to actually hear your work. You're not just doing it. Right? <laughs> okay, well, that's a good question. Now, some people it's a no-brainer because depending on what your school has in place for like a web solution, it may already be built in there. I know that my school, my school district actually purchased a, a hosting service for our school website and it actually has a podcasting template already on there so what we can do is simply create that template and plug them in and it takes care of um, the feeds like we were talking about earlier and the rss and and all of that stuff automatically so some of you may already have this and not realize it the other real obvious solution is what we use it's itunes itunes has a feature where it's very simple to upload that and then people could subscribe and it'll push it right to their itunes and then into whatever device they're using or for playback on the computer so i don't know brian those are my two standard answers to what do I do with my podcast, but I don't know if you have any other ones than that. I think those are the, um, and, and perhaps where the misconception of, or I have to have an Apple computer, or I have to have an iPod to do this, um, perhaps comes from the fact that Apple, um, through their iPods and through iTunes, um, was the real, really the first company to, to make this absolutely simple and easy for the end user. And therefore they seem to get the recognition for a lot of it, even though these technologies all existed long before, you know, Apple jumped on board with them. Yeah. And you don't need Apple for them either. They, they don't tell you that part usually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure that in terms of marketing, um, they're co- completely comfortable with everybody thinking you need, Apple products in order to do podcasting or even to listen to podcasting. Um, but it's not true, but it is true that, you know, whether it be on windows or on a Mac, the iTunes software does seem to be one of the more simple methods of posting and and uploading data and everything like that. Um, I would actually recommend that people, Check with their district IT or their, you know, school level IT people, um, about how to do that process because it's a very individual thing, school by school. Some people, you know, some schools have a restricted model where you only can do a few things and these are your options. Other schools have a wide open option. Um, some schools block, you know, the methodology that you would use to upload it. So um, I would actually recommend that you talk to your your local IT people, say, hey, I'm interested in in recording some podcasts. How would I actually, you know, within the framework of our of our district or school, how would I go about posting that information? Right behind custodians and secretaries, the next set of people that you always want to keep happy are your IT folks because they also make the world go around when you're in a classroom <laughs> that's exactly why well, i'm not losing weight i was gonna say and you you agree with that because you're kind of the it guy aren't you i am definitely the it guy <laughs> and um i accept all any and all bribes um i can be bought my price is high but um give it a try right <laughs> <laughs> so how would we use this in the classroom how is this whole concept of podcasting and all the craziness of, of details that we've gone through 
how is this relevant in the classroom? Well, again, just like the actual act of recording a podcast, you could do it at a very basic surface level all the way up to some really, really intense projects. It really depends on, first of all, what's relevant to your classroom and also how comfortable you feel doing something like this. At the very, very surface level, I've seen teachers who will have a quiz coming up, say it's a vocabulary quiz, and they'll do something as simple as using just that microphone that's built into their computer or their laptop, fire up Audacity, and then just read the vocab words. So the first word is, uh, I don't know, vex. Vex is one of my, my students' favorite words this year. So first <laughs> word is vex. What does vex mean? And then they'll pause for five seconds and say, if you said vex meant to annoy or disturb, you are correct. And then go on to the next one. And doing something like this, it seems almost like it, there's not much value in it, but then you realize that kids can load this onto their phones, they can load it onto their iPods, they can load it onto their MP3 players, and they can be doing vocab review on the school bus on the way into school. So it's basically taking that content that you normally would be presenting to them in the class and giving them another means to reach it. So that's like the first like very basic way to do it. And it's almost like I kind of equate it to like a you know, Khan Academy is real big right now with video and doing like video lessons through uh, like at home in that flipped classroom model. And mm-hmm. essentially podcasts came first. Podcasts you can essentially do as an audio Khan Academy in that sense where you could be almost lecturing to the kids, to your students, or having the kids lecture on a topic and have everyone else in the class listening to it and then taking information from it. So that's kind of the first, I would say, the first tier of ways to use a podcast. You know, just simply switching it around and rather than you reading the vocab words, that could be a, a component that the students um, do. Perhaps while they're working on their words, you could call them up to the desk and, you know, again, this is a very entry level and have them just read, let each student read one of the vocab words and make that part of your recording. And then they would actually be hearing themselves review and kind of incorporates them and, and gives a little little different value. Oh, yeah. Well, you mentioned them hearing themselves, and that's actually a huge advantage to podcasting. If you're like a language arts teacher or um, a foreign language teacher, podcasts are great because they give the students a chance to actually hear themselves back. And, and I've even done it in the past where I won't I won't publish them, like I wouldn't put it on iTunes, but I'd have the kids record themselves just, say, reading an essay or reading something that they had written and then listening back because they'll be able to tell where there's mistakes because of the, the flow of their voice or where it starts to get weird, where there was an error or there's a run-on sentence. You can hear those things. So it's actually that practice of hearing something read back uh, that podcasts are, are real powerful for, too. Um, the other big thing that podcasts are good for now getting up again into kind of the next tier of uses is for student projects. Everyone's done those projects in their classroom where kids stand up and present something or kids have to write something and or kids do like a play and then act out the play. All those kinds of things you can just almost for posterity even you can record those as a podcast. And now not only is the audience going to be that real world audience, that authentic audience because you put it on the web, but now you also have something as like an archive tool. They can listen back to it later on. And that's a great way for students to learn about reflection and learn about um, being able to self-evaluate their performances. And they can use it for, you know, a communication tool. You can use it to, you know, if you have an announcement that you'd like to distribute to students or parents, you know, you could record that announcement um, versus putting it on paper and then make that available um, 
through the podcast, especially if um, the students are all subscribing to your podcast, then as soon as you publish that podcast, it would automatically you know download to their device or things like that. So the idea of them having to go out and get it manually, you know, kind of goes away, but yet they receive it and all they need to do is then play it, um, you know, in their leisure time at home. Yeah, I mean, it takes all of the effort off of them because all they have to do is subscribe once and then everything gets pushed to them. So it's a great way to stay in communication, not only with by giving information to the students, but also even for parents. You can do a podcast just for the parents, like a weekly update or something. It's a great way to do it. Um, and then the other thing that um, I actually just the other day, I was participating in one of the, the hashtag chats on Twitter. I think it was the English chat one. And someone mentioned something about being able to manipulate um, works that are in the public domain. So if you use a, a website like Gutenberg.org, there's tons of great, great books on there that are now in the public domain, which means that not only are they free, but you can do anything you want with them in terms of um, reprint them or rework them or whatever the case may be. And that's actually a good place for podcasting to come in because how great would it be to have your students, and I've done this to a minor extent, but how great would it be to be able to take one of these books that is well-known, things like Tom Sawyer's on there um, and Dracula, all those big, great works, which are certainly within reasonable range for say middle to high school student to, to be reading but you can now take these works and divide them up and create audiobooks with the students they could be using something like a podcast and each episode could say be a different chapter and they could be pushing that up so now not only are they practicing their fluency they're not only practicing their speaking skills but they're now also incorporating a literary element to it and that's just uh, huge it's such a great way to be utilizing a podcast and any literature teacher any english teacher can see how that would fit into their classroom absolutely and one of the things i can see is then the next year when you're working on that or in the next class um and you have a, a struggling reader who's really having a tough time keeping up um now they have an audiobook version not only can they read the book themselves but they also can hear that book and and that might assist them in keeping up or um, with their comprehension as, as they you know progress through the uh, the project. Oh, absolutely! And just to to wrap up this, another great kind of side effect of that is if you have a a couple groups doing this with a couple different titles off of uh, like a public domain website. Every time they do it, it adds to that catalog. So after a year or two, you no longer have one audiobook, you now have six or seven from every class that came through that did this. So you now are actually creating yourself your own audiobook library. And how great is that? Because yeah, like you said, Brian, with kids who either are struggling readers or reluctant readers now have something like this that uh, not only is a classic work, so it's uh, going to be either grade level or above reading, but it's also going to be made by their peers. I mean, that is authentic learning right there. And that's, that's actually more so authentic uh, audience, you know? Sure, sure. And anytime you can make that learning authentic and real to them and, you know, reading from people that they know, it's more powerful and they'll be more engaged. Right. So I guess that's just off the top of our heads, the a couple good uses for podcasts. And there's certainly tons and tons more because like we've been saying all along, podcasts are not a new technology. They've been around for a very long time and a lot of teachers have taken advantage. So even if you've listened through this and you're still a little thrown off about how to do it or, or what you should do with it, 
at the very least, you can hop on iTunes right now and do a search for teacher podcasts and see what comes up because you're going to find not only resources that you can use, like other, say, history teachers have uploaded content that would work in your classroom, but you're also going to see some things that might spark some ideas. I'm doing a quick search on iTunes for, um, I did middle school, uh, middle school podcasts and I came up with things that had to do with uh, a band director. A band director was uploading clips of his students playing so they could play with it at home and, and practice at home. So there's all these little ideas that we haven't even touched on that are going to be a little bit more specific to different content areas but it won't take a whole lot for you to take that initiative to go out and, and Google it or search for it on something like iTunes and see what's out there. Yeah. And, you know, I suppose that we could actually go on and on and on and on and on. But um, I think we're going to probably going to have to wrap this up and um, and tell people how to contact us. Yeah, and unlike uh, a typical show, because we didn't have a guest, we're going to skip the the tech and the, the teacher tip for the week because, uh, frankly, this has been like 45 minutes of a teacher and tech tip. So, um, Brian, why don't you carry us out and, and uh, explain to people how they can contact us? Absolutely. Um, as always, we have um, a few different ways to contact us. The first is a website, which is elementop.com. That's e l-e-m-e-n-t-o-p-i-e dot com um, we could also be found on twitter at element op slash tightwad teacher and you can also um, twitter john and i uh, directly if you'd like um, john can be found at at john mikulski and brian or i can be found at uh, at bruger b-r-u-g-g-e-r and Mikulski is M-I-K-U-L-S-K-I for those who are struggling uh, typists and spellers. Um, we can also be found on Facebook. It is facebook.com slash elementop. And uh, soon enough, um, we should be able to have our own little vanity uh, tightwad teacher stuff, so we're really hoping that um, that comes through soon. Um, in the meantime, just go to Facebook.com and type in Tightwad Teacher, and you'll be able to search for us and find us that way. And lastly, by phone, we can be found at 559-I-AM-OP. 559-I-AM-OP. And um, I'm going to speak for myself, but um, I could probably throw John in there. If you have any questions about this podcast and you know how to do it and where to get started or anything like that, um, feel free to contact us. We'd love to uh, to connect with you and help out if we can or push you in the right direction in terms of resources and things like that. Um, really, for us, uh, this is a passion of ours. So asking us is not a, a burden, but actually something we, we really enjoy doing. No, absolutely. Well put, Brian. And uh, if you, you want to practice a little bit what we were talking about, you can go to iTunes right now if you haven't already done so and subscribe to our podcast. That way you know uh, on the other end what will happen when you put your first podcast up and people find it. Yep, uh, that's a that's a great way to, <laughs> to, to plug that. I'm just, I know, I'm trying to get our listener our listenership up a little bit. I don't know if that's going to work or not. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, on the Element OP page, if you um, you go to the Element OP page and find the Tightwad Teacher, there's a little link there that will actually push you right into iTunes. Um, if you'd like to, to subscribe, we'd really appreciate that. And if you do, then let us know that you did. That'd be fantastic. Um, it's always encouraging to know um, who our listeners are and, um, and get feedback from them. So, um, for now, 
I think there's only one thing left to say. What do you think? Yeah, I think it was a, a good show, so we will end it here by saying this is John signing off. And Brian signing off.